0: It's time to roll up our sleeves and get to work. This is Up and to the Right for the 46th week of 2016. This week, we'll focus on working across platforms. Are you a Windows or a Mac? Are you iOS or Android? When it comes to finding solutions to getting work done, more and more of these questions are becoming less relevant. What does it mean when an application or software package claims to be cross-platform, and why does it matter to your business? Welcome to Up and to the Right. The No Nonsense Podcast, bringing you the art and science of business. This is where we cover things that matter to small business owners, startups, and people interested in becoming entrepreneurs. We talk about increasing revenue, not buzzwords, decreasing costs, not short term trends, good operating practices, not theories. This is about sound business principles and how to apply them in your individual business situation. So, this week, I wanted to talk a little bit about what cross platform means. And why it matters to your business. So this week I wanted to talk about what does it mean when a an application claims to be pro, cross-platform and why does it matter to your business? So a cross-platform application is a software uh, a software package that will that will run on more than one operating system in one form or another. so it will run on. Um, a Mac or a Windows machine, or it will run on um, uh, desktop uh, uh, software and mobile software, on your phone or on a tablet. And that doesn't mean that the same installation package will run on a Mac and a Windows machine. And we'll get into a little bit about how it all works in, uh, in a few minutes. But basically, it's a software package or application that runs on different operating systems, that provides the same uh, data and the same basic format um, and the same interaction as on on one application or one operating system versus another operating system. And so just real quick, for people who might not be uh, real familiar with the terminology, operating systems include things like Windows, uh, Mac, iOS or the iPhone application, Android or Android phone applications, um, and also Linux, Blackberry, and Windows Phone all have their own operating systems, and we'll talk a little bit more about about that as well. So why does it even matter? Why does it matter if you have a cross-platform application, um, and what does it mean to your business? Well, the first thing is that uh, it allows us to have the opportunity to get work done on our terms. And what I mean by that is that you can be working on your, on your computer at home and, and uh, do an outline. And then, the, then you can stop working at home and you can drive to work and be on a completely different computer and working on the same document or the same uh, data set. And then you can be in the line at the grocery store, for example, and have a thought about that particular project, pull it up on your phone, add some notes, and, uh, and add that information um, you know, while you might have idle time in the grocery store line or whatever. So it allows quick switching from a system um, that, uh, from one system to another. And it, al- it also provides choices for working that would be limited by a single operating system. For example, you can't have your desktop machine in the grocery store line, or you might not want to carry your desktop machine from your house to your work or vice versa. Uh, it also allows us to look at, uh, or I should say cross-platform allows us to have operating systems that are, are more suited to one task or another. And for example, I do all of my media editing uh, on uh, a Mac, and uh, so I use the Adobe Creative Cloud suite of products on my Mac to do video, audio, photography. All of those edits get done in that operating system. And uh, the Mac is very good at that. But there are software packages, especially in engineering fields and other very specific industries where uh, support for the Mac OS is not very good and or not very wide, maybe would be a better way to put it. And so you may be locked into using the Windows architecture if you're working in some of those industries, um, uh, drawing schematics for printed circuit boards or specific databases uh, in uh, industries, uh, automotive quality, et cetera. So uh, I use uh, use my Mac for media and and it's a great tool for that, but I'm not locked into using my Mac for everything because there are applications that are cross platform that allow me to do certain jobs on either computer. And that can be extended even to the mobile applications, the mobile environment where I'm uh, maybe I just want to take my iPad to a coffee shop and continue writing notes. And do I have the option to do that? Those are some reasons that having cross platform choices are, are helpful. And more and more it's getting possible to have increased travel options. so I have never done this, but um, in theory you could we're getting to the point now where you could travel with a tablet and not bring a computer and i've I've never done it, so i I can't speak to this is a good idea or a bad idea but in in theory you could we're getting to the point where you could start start to do that um, my my concern. Uh, especially when it comes to media creation is, is storage. So uh, when you say, okay, I'm just going to travel with my iPad, you know, how much storage can you take to uh, download videos or photos? Or uh, the other thing is the horsepower on, on the uh, tablets and the feature set for editing media are still um, not where I'm comfortable making that my primary work Work platform uh, even when I'm traveling. So a little bit of an aside there, but that's kind of where we are with uh, the ability to travel. We are getting to the point where um, the options we have are lighter and uh, and easier to take with us. Um, another thing that is beneficial when it comes to cross-platform is that I can use the um, another computer generally to access this kind of information. And what I mean by that is let's say that I'm traveling and I'm visiting a, um, our home office or I am out and I want to go to an internet cafe or um, as I mentioned you can take a lighter tablet versus a laptop or you know I'm at the library and I want to check in on a, a computer and I didn't bring mine. You can actually sign into uh, uh, an account on the internet and check the data on most of these cross-platform Devices or cross-platform applications, so that provides you a little background on on maybe what would be the the value of having a, a cross-platform application and and some examples of when it might be usable. So how does this this technology work? Well, generally speaking, the data will rely, reside um, on a server on the internet or what people refer to as the cloud, and that just means that the there's a a central uh, database somewhere uh, on the internet and uh, and I'm using this example for illustrative purposes only the there's more than likely this any data would be stored on multiple servers but for our our example, we will use the cloud as a single server and you can access that data from multiple points so you can, access it through often through a web application. So you type in uh, uh, yourapplication.com and sign into your account, and you'll actually see um, the data from that particular uh, uh, application right there on the website. The uh, On your phone, you'll download the app, and what the app is actually doing is simply creating a user interface that goes to the same data set in the cloud and synchronizes and shows you that same information, but on your phone and, or, or on your computer or, um, on your tablet. And so in, uh, an example of this that I want to use throughout the rest of this is Evernote. Um, Evernote is a note-taking app. If you're familiar with it, um, if you're not familiar with it, it's basically a location where you can uh, store notes. They can be handwritten, they can be photos, they can be, um, they can you can attach other documents. Um, you can insert PDFs. You can actually have audio notes. Or it, there's a wide variety of note-taking capability built into the system, and all of that information is stored on the Evernote servers. And then you can sign in and look at those notes, read them, listen to them, uh, view the pictures uh, through the web application. Or you can use an app on your phone or your computer or your tablet to get access to the same information. And so there are two basic types of these applications. One is uh, internet only and one is synchronized data. And what that means is an internet only app will be will only work if you have access to the internet at the time that you want to use it. So, for example, the free Evernote account only allows you to look at notes while you're connected to the internet if you're in, on, on the mobile app. Uh, you do have some amount of synchronization if you're using a desktop client. But, uh, but if you're on mobile, Evernote must be connected to their server in order for you to, to view your notes. Uh, conversely, their paid account, whether it's the Plus account or the Premium account, uh, allows you to synchronize data on your mobile devices, which means that that your device signs into the internet, uploads and uploads new changes to the server, and downloads any changes that you made maybe on another device. And what this allows you to do then is to have a fresh new copy of the most updated information Right there on your mobile device. If you make any changes, those get synchronized to the server, and then you put your phone away, turn off the application, and you end up over in uh, at your office desk, and those application or um, excuse me, those changes have already been made to your Evernote account on your computer at at the office, which is very very convenient in terms of being able to. Uh, get work done in multiple locations, even if it's just a quick note. Um, I know it's probably just me, but I I like to get stuff noted when I remember it. Um, And because there's a lot going on in my day, and I don't always remember everything that I think of, you know, a few minutes after I've thought of it. So it's really nice to have the option of writing it down very quickly in uh, a note-taking app, and in this case, Evernote, and then uh, having that synchronized so that when I get back to the office, or I get back home, or I get, you know, I'm, I get to the coffee shop, that information is already ready for me to use. So the, the last thing when you start talking about the cloud, people naturally ask, "What, you know, is it secure? Is it going to get hacked?" Um, and I have a couple of thoughts on this. One, um, the first thing you can do is go to yourapplication.com. Or, um, excuse me, uh, just go to your favorite search engine and enter the application name security. Just application name space security. And uh, for example, if you do that with Evernote, it comes up with a list, uh, a blog post about, or a, a web page about the security that Evernote uses to keep your data safe. And you can do that with all of your applications. Uh, the ones that you're interested in and say, okay, is this secure enough for my needs? And for most small business owners, the, the real risk of the, of getting hacked, deliberately hacked is very, very low. Um, The, the value of the hacking is not in getting um, my recipe for croissants or my uh, latest web post uh, that kind of information or the the work I'm doing on on, a, on another web post or something that kind of information is not very saleable in terms of of what the whole purpose of of people trying to get the, this data is industrial espionage or being able to sell it and and that kind of information is not highly um, highly saleable so um, the real risk is that these people, breach your account and try to get, um, A, uh, valid email addresses to spam us, or other data that gets sold um, as uh, database information, not so much trying to steal your corporate secrets as um, uh, getting access to other personal data that might be there. And And you can manage that by deciding how much personal data you enter into any of these accounts. Um, but the the reality is that that the risk to your business may not be very high if someone hacks um, uh, your Evernote account or your or your uh, uh, to do list, your productivity app account, because that's not what they're after. Okay, it's it's not the the very small companies that uh, it's highly profitable to hack. What you can be concerned about, or what you know, maybe a concern is if the database itself gets hacked, not because somebody's targeting your data, but because somebody's targeting that entire database. And, um, you know, the risk there is, are you going to lose data? Are you going to lose information? Or, um, you know, is the is the body of, of data that is being hacked uh, more about, the user information, which is more likely than than not, it's not about your corporate secrets. It's about the the database information, and uh, so then you know the answer to the the short answer here is, how much damage will it do if it, if it gets hacked? It, probably not very much in the in the grand scheme of things. Of course, you need to look at that yourself and assess how much risk there is. But the other, excuse me, the other piece of that is that um, look at the security for all of these systems. Um, and like I said, just type in the application name and security in your favorite search engine and and look at the information and see what kind of security they have and whether that feels like enough to you. And if you have any questions, email their customer support and find out what, uh, what they have to say about that. So um, I have found that the productivity improvements and the flexibility of work um, are are worth the risk of of using cloud-based platforms in order to get work done so um, that's probably a lot more than we needed to talk about on security but I, I just wanted to to bring it up and really the takeaway there is to to uh, search for the application and the security page and talk about, and and read about it and find out what um, how much of it you know you are concerned about and uh, and and if that if you feel comfortable with the level of security that that particular application provides, so that's a basic overview really of of how the cross platform apps work and what the benefits can be. Uh, you can uh, really get a lot out of them, and uh, and and they're very convenient because they allow you to have a much more flexible work schedule and work environment. Uh, so what are we going to do uh, in terms of suggested action? Well, I can't go tell you to buy something today because my first advice to you would be if you're if you're going to buy something to do a fairly thorough analysis about it. And I'm not going to ask you to do that uh, if you don't need to. But what I, I would suggest is uh, I've uploaded a worksheet that is uh, entitled, Is Cross-Platform Right For You? And it provides you a list of questions that will help guide you through um, very quickly. Um, it's, it's not a complicated thing. Um, that's just a, a checklist of, you know, I'm, it, the next time you go to, to get an application, some of the things to think about in terms of, should I be considering a cross-platform application or is it not necessary? And so just briefly, what that will, what that will address is in, in, not necessarily in this order, but these are the topics. So what is the business outcome uh, or what business outcome does the application address? Is it productivity, accounting, media creation? Uh, and the reason that matters is, is that some things lend themselves better to cross-platform work than others. Um, what I've found is productivity apps and, and even accounting apps are, are getting more and more cross platform friendly. For example, in productivity, we have Evernote, we have Todoist, we have Nosby, we have a lot of applications, especially to do apps, uh, you know, getting things done kind of things, are, are getting very um, mobile friendly and very cross platform friendly. Um, another one that you you might have seen a lot of activity in is the uh, CRM space or customer relationship management space, where they have applications that are based on the web that are also available on your phone or um, other computer operating systems. So, uh, accounting, we've seen uh, QuickBooks Online get very popular. Uh, there are other options, of course, for online accounting software: Zero and uh, FreshBooks, etc. And uh, but then if, if we turn it over a little bit to media creation, this is where I found that cross-platform is not quite there yet. I use the Adobe Media uh, or Adobe uh, Creative Cloud, but, which is, in a sense, cross-platform in that you can download it on your Mac or you can download it on your uh, PC, and you have a service called Behance, where you can um, uh, upload your own um, uh, files. And in theory, you could work cross-platform. And the problem for, for me is that uh, the bandwidth, the internet bandwidth that that requires, if you have a large uh, media project, is pretty significant. And, and so traveling with that kind of... Um, uh, trying to be that flexible... Maybe a little bit difficult, difficult if you don't have very, very fast internet access. Um, so that the first question, like I said, is what is the business outcome that, that your application is supposed to address? Then are you ever going to want to see the data on a mobile device? Uh, for me right now in my workflow, for example, I, I'm not going to edit video on my iPad. I, I'm just not going to do it. Uh, and I'm certainly not going to edit video on my phone. So that is um, not an issue where I need that kind of mobile cross-platform access. Um, but do you need to see it on your laptop? Do you need to see it on your phone or your tablet or just your desktop computer? The next question is, are you always con- connected to the internet when you're using this application? And I talked a little bit earlier about Evernote, where the free version of Evernote is um, will not synchronize notes to your mobile device. You can view them. If you're connected to the internet, you can see them. But if you're not connected to the internet, if you're going to fly on a plane, or you're going to go on a bus, or uh, you'll be in an area where internet access might not be as readily available, you're not going to have access to those notes. So the next part of that question, or the, excuse me, the next question is, what devices do I currently use? And, you know, I have a phone, I have a tablet, I have a desktop, I have a laptop, Whatever those tools are that you have in your in your arsenal already and what operating systems are on those devices so we've talked a little bit already about Windows and Mac and iOS and Android. There are less widely uh, supported app uh, operating systems Blackberry Windows Phone and Linux and some of those uh, uh, some of those operating systems do have cross-platform applications available for them, and so if you, if for some reason you have uh, a Linux uh, tool that you're using, you may be able to get the, that that favorite uh, to-do list application for Linux, or you may be able to get it for Windows Phone, uh, etc. So once you, once you've decided what Or maybe not decided, but once you've listed out what you want the app to do, uh, whether or not you're going to be connected to the Internet, what devices you use, what operating systems you have, then it's time to go back. And if you haven't already, download the worksheet and listen to episode 44 uh, or week 44 from 2016 about being a choosy tool user. Make sure you're uh, uh, making good choices for your business overall. And then go through and choose the tool that you want uh, that has the cross cross platform uh, features that you that you need. So I've talked a little bit about Evernote and uh, and the cross platform tools that I use. Um, I do use Evernote, and I have a premium account. So and and the reason I have a premium account is because we have the option to download the tools. Um, or not download the tools. Excuse me, download the notes onto mobile devices, and um, a higher number of notes that can be that can be downloaded per month or whatever. Uh, the Plus account also has uh, the ability to to uh, synchronize mobile applications. So and and that's pretty pretty economical. I think it's thirty four dollars or thirty five dollars. Um, I also use Nosby which I've talked about before, as a to do list app. And that is cross-platform uh, for iOS and uh, Mac and Windows and Android. Uh, there's another, my my first runner-up for the to-do list apps that I absolutely love is Todoist. Um, the only reason that Todoist isn't my primary to-do app is uh, the integrations that Nosby has that, Todoist doesn't. And, and Nosby just has fantastic Evernote integration, which I really like. So, um, But Todoist also has sig- synchronization and um, is one of the cross-platform tools that I really like. There are a few tools that I've actually abandoned because they were not cross-platform. And I want to talk a little bit about that um, and... This is a bit from a Mac perspective because most of my work is done on Macs, but the applications that I've discontinued using because they don't support a cross-platform approach are OmniFocus, which is a to-do, basically a very, very powerful checklist and productivity application. Things, which is another productivity application uh, similar to OmniFocus, uh, and both of those are Mac only. And so uh, while they have mobile applications they don't have windows applications and so if you do switch computers uh, you either have to have your mobile device right next to you or um, remember write down whatever the question was and or that your note was or your thought was and then bring it back into the system at a time when you're um, back at the computer that has that on it another one was a, 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 a note-taking app called notebook that was mac only and uh, I really liked Notebook. It was by a company called Circus Ponies. Unfortunately, it has um, it's now defunct. Um, and, you know, it may be in part because they only did that one thing. Um, they had it for, um, you could get it on your iPad or you could get it on your Mac, but it wasn't cross-platform. Two very popular apps that, uh, for Mac are GarageBand, and Final Cut Pro, and I quit using them uh, in favor of the Adobe Creative Cloud. And that is more complicated than simply the the decision of whether or not it was uh, cross platform. But GarageBand really, really locked you into uh, the Mac ecosystem. And Final Cut Pro, uh, it was, it, I just didn't. Uh, didn't like the workflow as much as I like it in uh, Adobe Premiere. So there were some other factors involved, but the bottom line is that that if I'm doing a project in Final Cut Pro and um, I want to do the first cut on my Mac and then I want to switch to uh, Windows desktop because I've got to be you know at a different office or whatever, um, I don't have that option unless I buy another copy of. Well, in the case of GarageBand, you can't. There is no. Uh, Windows version at all, so there's nothing you can do about that. So there have been some tools that, that I simply walked away from because they didn't have f- cross-platform functionality, and, uh, and those are some of them. So I hope this has given you a bit of an overview when it comes to what a cross-platform application is, uh, how to decide whether a cross-application uh, cross-platform application is important to your business, and then how to go about maybe making the choices about which one would be the most appropriate for your business. And and then, of course, uh, we talked a little bit about, you know, how do I address the security, any security concerns I might have. So in the reading room this week, I wanted to talk about a book that um, isn't directly related to cross-platform uh, applications. And uh, honestly, I haven't really read too many books on cross-platform applications, so... Um, I don't have a directly related topic there, but uh, I want to recommend a a book by Napoleon Hill called Think and Grow Rich. And it was originally published in 1937 toward the end of the Great Depression. And Think and Grow Rich outlines uh, behaviors and kind of personality traits that um, are helpful in moving us toward achieving goals. Uh, The title talks very specifically about financial gain um, I, I think uh, that's a short-sighted view of the, the content. Uh, there are, the principles are also very applicable to achieving non, non-financial wealth in life. And so I um, highly recommend it. Um, it's in the reading room on beyond50percent.com, but also, uh, and obviously uh, available on Kindle or uh, iBooks or... Amazon or anywhere where you might get uh uh regular published books. Uh it's a great read. It's not super short, but it's it's worth the time. So that's uh, I highly recommend uh Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. So I got a couple of things for the Freeform Thought of the Week. Um first of all, when it comes to uh the use of technology and um cross-platform products and, and stuff like that. I think um, I think it's still very important to make sure that we are not serving the technology and that the technology is serving the business results that we want to achieve. Um, I know the last couple of episodes have been uh, in a sense technology centric and um, uh, next week I'm, I'm going to talk about something a, li- uh, a lot more core to business, Um, in terms of, it's not going to be a technology topic, um, at least not specifically, there's certainly tools that address it, but, uh, it's going to be much more business-based, uh, and so hopefully you look forward to that, but I have said before that I'm a, a huge technophile, um, and I do love technology, and, and that's true. I do think technology can help make our, our lives, um, Better and it can help us uh, create better value for our uh, stakeholders, whether those are customers, employees, or, or investors even. Uh, but I also think it has to be done smartly. And you have to be very careful about, am I using this technology to improve my business, or am I doing it because the neighbor's doing it? and Or because Joe down the street's doing it? Or because uh, a big box store is doing it? So I guess the bottom line, as, as I wrap up maybe this last few episodes um, that were so technology heavy, um, what I want you to walk away with is that these are still just tools. That's all they are. They're just tools to help us get work done. And if they're not beneficial in our business or the, it costs us more time to use the tool than it does to do the job a different way then maybe that's not the right tool for the job. And not all solutions that are good for business are technology solutions. And so that's why I strongly encourage people to really take a look at what tools they're choosing and um, make sure that uh, whether they're cross-platform or, or single-platform or a workbench or a hammer or a cement mixer or an oven um, that that tool is really the right one to help you serve, uh, bring the value of your business to your customers in the most efficient way possible. So a, a little bit of a short form, uh, version of the, uh, free-form thought of the week. Uh, but I wanted to wrap up the, the last few episodes with that thought. So to wrap things up this week, uh, When you're looking at tools that are technology-based, take a look at whether or not they need to be cross-platform, what platforms you use, what devices you use, and what technologies are available that will allow you to access that data or that document um, in whatever format you might need it uh, when you're trying to get work done. Uh, And there are a lot of them out there. So uh, take a look and um, download the, the worksheet that I've uploaded. It'll help you do that. That's going to be an Excel format um, simply because that's a better format for this kind of thing. And uh, with that, let's roll up our sleeves and get to work.